Hello, this is Angry Black Gay. My name is Christopher Marcus Johnson. I am your host. Welcome back if you've been here before. Welcome if it's your first time. Before we get started, I have a couple of housekeeping items. One, if you are listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, please make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel, and turn your notification bells on so that you do not miss when I post. If you are listening on Spotify or watching on Spotify, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and leave me a five-star review. It will help me out a lot. Also, I um, have officially launched my Patreon channel, so if you want to get episodes like this one early or be notified when I post before I post a new episode, you can subscribe to my Patreon for $12. Also, I'm going to insert a clip now of my planner. So it's the Angry Black Gate planner. It's a motivational planner, manifestation planner, intention setting planner. Um, it's offered digitally. You can get it for $24, or if you are a member of my Patreon for only $12, you can get it for free with your Patreon membership. There is also, also a planner made by my business, part, business partner, Nyla, on my Patreon as well that's more towards women and spirituality, so you can pick between the two of those. Um, I have kind of previews on my Patreon. Mentioning my Patreon, I'm actually starting a book club, the Angry Black Gay Book Club. If you go to my Substack, which is actually very important, especially for today's episode, that you subscribe to my Substack and go read the article entitled My Experience at Northern Kentucky University. But I actually announced my book club on Substack, which is a really good way to see things from me before they come out. Um, so if you go to my Substack and you look at the article titled Angry Black Gay Book Club, and if you look in the description or the comment section of this current video, there will be some links here. This video is to not talk about the book club, but I do want to talk about the giveaway that we are doing to promote the book club. So there's a disco ball between us. A Theory of Black Gay Life by Jafari S. Allen is one of the first two books that we are reading. So liquor is liquoring. So we're actually reading The City We Became by N.K. Jemison. This is what the cover looks like. I'm listening to it on audiobook. But I'm reading this in real time. Um, and so our first meeting of the book club is on February 2nd. And we're going to be talking about both of these two books right here. Um, but I am giving away this copy specifically to people who are subscribed to this YouTube channel. Here are the rules of that giveaway. So in order to qualify for the giveaway, you need to be subscribed to this YouTube channel. You must be subscribed to Angry Black Gay, uh, the substack. So you have to be subscribed to my substack, which is where this article was. You also must either join the Facebook group for the book club or the bookclub.com group. Again, link will be in this description. And you must comment book club on this YouTube video. Uh, this book is what is give, being given away to YouTube subscribers. So if you are a YouTube subscriber and you do all the steps that I just laid out, these steps will also be in the comments. Uh, then you will qualify to get this book as long as you comment book club in this comment section, you join the Angry Black Gay Book Club Facebook group or the bookclub.com club, you're subscribed to Angry Black Gay on Substack and you're subscribed to this YouTube channel. Now, there's other giveaways. I'm going to give away a full of death with your beauty on tiktok or sorry on instagram and i'm gonna give away the woman in me on tiktok so um if you want to qualify for those giveaways as well you can go over to my tiktok or my instagram and qualify for those giveaways i think that is all of my housekeeping notes for today yes so the next thing I wanted to do was kind of give, I don't know, a summary of where we were last time and really try to stay on task. 
So I wanted to start with advocating for myself. Okay. I wanted to briefly just touch on this. All right. Let me get you that G so it's, we can really see it. Um, I was in school for law, okay? I was in school to either become an advocate or to learn the handbook that advocates use. So essentially to learn the law. I am not your average student. I'm a non-traditional student. So what that means is I don't have a parent that's going to come down to the school with me. Um, it's me, myself, and I that engages with the school. I don't have a ton of disposable income to hire an attorney to advocate on my behalf. And even though I have handled things through the appropriate channels, I have still faced repercussions and consequences and gotten almost nowhere with the school, but in some school or students, but in some ways I've also gotten somewhere with the school. So whether or not you agree in which with the way in which I am engaging with staff, faculty, students, or the way in which I am telling my story on the internet, I am the only person who is going to 150% advocate for myself. And if you go watch other YouTube videos of mine, other podcast episodes, you will hear me talk about how over especially the last 10 years of my life, I've had to learn how to advocate for myself. And so if there's no one to advocate for me and I have the skills, the know-how and the resources to advocate for myself, who are any of you to judge me if you're not feeding me, fucking me or financing me in the way in which I'm choosing to handle myself to get justice? Now, some things that are being thrown at me in order to try to silence me are, well, aren't you worried about getting jobs? No, because the type of job that I wanted, I needed to go to school for, and now my academic record is ruined, and I'm not able to get back into school, right? So a lot of things that you, that would keep most people from doing what I'm doing online right now are no longer factors for me because I'm couch surfing. I have a mental condition and I no longer am pursuing my education, which has been my driving force in the last three years, right? So I'm the definition of having nothing left to lose, nothing left of value for me to benefit from keeping silent to benefit others, right? I'm talking about things that have happened to me and people who have done things to me. I'm talking about people who are employees of a federally funded institution with email addresses that end in EDU. And I'm talking about students who I engaged with in very specific context, who were the catalyst for everything else that I'm about to lay out in this episode in the next one. If my intention or goal or purpose was to use this situation for clout and to just be exposing people and things, I would have done that a long time ago. I've known a lot of these men and a lot of these things that have nothing to do with the most recent situation I can you. I could have gone online and done this a long time ago if that was my intention. But my hand is being forced, okay? And it is very easy to point the finger at me and talk about how inappropriate, how, excuse me, unproductive, how unconstructive I am and ignore the fact that 
students engaged with me in a way that was against the student code of conduct. The proper consequences were not dealt. Their behavior continued. And three members of faculty or staff or board of directors or however you want to code it, three men, three separate men, gay men, have engaged with me in a manner that was either extremely inappropriate and could be considered sexual misconduct or was just sexually engaged with me sexually and just did not disclose that information to the university. I'm almost for sure that um, Board of Regent Audra Ward did not disclose to the other board members that him and I had a history when they were talking about me or my case. I'm almost 150% sure that he did not disclose that information. I know that Scott Patton did not disclose our history before he and the rest of the housing department made the decision to move me out of my dorm room into a new dorm room, right? And I know that Tim definitely didn't tell anybody at housing that he was messaging me on Grindr while they were all talking about me and my circumstances. I don't benefit from keeping any of their secrets to protect their livelihoods or their jobs or what they have going on when I don't have any of those things to no longer protect. Does that make sense? Right? And the same applies for students. I don't, didn't know most of you. I don't consider most of you friends, right? Especially if you didn't speak up in the face of the stuff that was happening to me or offer genuine support behind the scenes, right? The rest of you, I have no loyalty to. You're strangers. So the things I'm going to say or the things that maybe you thought were, were being said behind closed doors or that weren't being recorded or that I wasn't writing down or remembering the date, the time, and the place that you said it, if I didn't have a recording device, why now would I benefit from not talking about that? Now that I'm no longer a student at Northern Kentucky University, now that I'm no longer living on campus, and I don't have to worry about the anxiety of, okay, I'm going to talk about my stuff online and then somebody's going to have a problem with it. I don't benefit from keeping the secrets of my RA who told me stuff about the housing office. I don't benefit from the random person that maybe liked my podcast and felt the need to spill all the tea behind the scenes but refused to speak up. Like, there's no reason for me to keep silent in order to talk about my, my experience, what has happened to me and what I have seen and witnessed and heard with my own eyes. I don't feel like that is how I am handling that, especially if you are not advocating for me. I don't feel like that's something that is up for judgment. Okay. So the next topic we're going to get to is the question, well, why am I doing this? What do I want? A lot of the reparations and the making it right that the school can do is going to have to happen in a courtroom, or at least with an official lawsuit and a settlement. I'm aware of that. I don't have the funds. I don't have the lawyer right now, if we're just being honest. honest. But right now, I am my lawyer. That's one. So the pain and suffering, the loss of wages, all of that ain't they're even if they wanted to they're going to drag that out right so that's something that is going to happen once i am stable i've got employment i've got some income coming in i can hire an attorney i can present all this to them and then i can sue the school okay so anything monetary anything for pain and suffering or whatever that's a separate legal issue right here's what we're talking about right now here's some things i want right now Because of the circumstances that I'm really about to dive into shortly, I have suffered a drop in my grade point average. I've dealt with a whole bunch of other things in life, and my grades have stayed pretty consistent. Okay? This last year that I just passed, fall of 2024, I have now dropped to a one-point-something GPA. So 
I want something to be done about my academic record. At bare minimum, I want it to just be erased and have me start senior year over again. Okay? Second, currently, I have a balance on my student account of... I think it is, let's see, um, okay, I have a balance currently of about $2,100, $2,200, right, that is due for my classes that I failed that so tuition it's no longer for housing we'll get into why they're not charging me for housing in a moment um and so in order for me to take the transcripts whether they clear my academic record or not to take this transcripts and enroll in classes for the next available semester whenever that starts theirs has already started the semester here in Cleveland for the school I wanted to go to has already started as of yesterday the Today is Wednesday, the 17th. In order for them to give me my official transcripts and let me completely move on from school, they want me to pay the $2,200 for classes that I failed per a situation that I, like, was not in my control, right? In order to give me the transcripts so that I can move on. And so I have a hold for the student account balance of $2,200. And I have a hold for um, a student conduct charge. Now, I have a meeting tomorrow at 9 a.m. with the Dean of Students to discuss this student conduct charge and this hold for classes that I did, that I'm telling them I'm not going to pay for that, right? So either I'm, I have a GoFundMe if you'd like to help me out. Um, for exactly $2,200, $2,150. Um, if, if the link is in my link tree, I will try to put the link in this video if I can remember. Um, so that's the GoFundMe. So we're going to raise the money or like ultimately sue the school, get the, get the funds. Um, and you use that to pay the balance or like just ultimately like give in and pay the balance. That's what at least I thought I had to do until I did some research, right? So bare minimum from what I want from the school right now is for them to clean my academic record, clear my tuition balance, and let me go scot-free. Truthfully, if we did all that, I might even let this whole thing go. I just want to be able to move on from this institution to erase the academic failure that I had due to the, my experience at said institution and continue my academics. That's it. The only reason why I'm engaging, the only reason why I have this story to tell, the only reason why I engage with Mohammed, Eldana, or any staff member at the school is because I was pursuing an education. That is at the root of all of this. If I wanted to get clout for, based off of mess, tea, drama, and shade, there I have decades of material. They have toxic family members, toxic friends, a, a, uh, complicated relationship histories, current relationship histories, current friendships. I'm starting a business with friends. Like I have tons of material if I wanted to get clout off of mess, tea, and drama. All of this is about education. So where we are right now is, is that truthfully, a lot of the stuff I asked from the school, asked for from the school, I knew they were never going to give me. It was just the principle, right? But once they cleared my housing balance, in my eyes, in my legally trained eyes, that's an admission of guilt. Okay, you knew that you should have never put me in that housing. There was really no excuse for that. And so you cleared that $3,000 up immediately. And I'm going to insert clips in this video even before I get into the housing so that people can see right now what the mold looked like in my dorm room at face value. We will get into 
how it's clear that they knew that that Dorn Root had problems when they put me in that. We'll get into that in a minute. But when they cleared that balance and they gave me that $3,000, that's an immediate admission of guilt. So even if I got a lawyer right then and there and sued, that does not help their case. Right? They knew that in a, in, in a, in, in a court of law, there's really nothing to debate in terms of me having mold in a dorm room, in terms of fair housing, in terms of appropriate housing. That is a problem. Now, what they knew they could debate and they knew they could drag out and, and hem and haw and try to point fingers and scapegoat and victim blame was the details which led up to me getting my dorm room. Right. Admitting that they have a, a culture problem is a lot different than admitting they have a mold problem, which they like they're known for. Right. They feel like they can walk, throw that under the rug. I also want everybody to realize that now, again, whether you take me seriously or not, whether you like what I'm doing or not, I am talking about things that had no other. They weren't being talked about online. There's no proof of mold from a student's perspective on social media other than mine. I don't think that that's because there's not mold. We all know that there's mold in those dorm rooms and that this is not a new occurrence. I think that any other time students have gone through the proper channels, they've been able to be silenced by NDAs. The school and housing staff has admitted that members, senior members of housing staff have said that the school almost always when law through suits are threatened in the context of housing settles because they know they have no case. I was told that by an RA that um i think it's dr howard who was in charge of housing last year basically said that in an orientation meeting so anytime that there's mold there might be a little one or two articles in a school newspaper about mold maybe a very general you know talk about mold but they, they've torn it down they've dealt with the problem but there is not a like large conversation about mold at, at Northern Kentucky University or the floods or anything else that's happened that like students who live there know is, know is going on. Um, now, I have been talking a lot about a petition. Um, what's hard about the petition is I am not a student at NKU anymore. I don't ever want to go back. Um, I have friends, business partners, who are still on campus, still go to school on campus, still engage with those students, who aren't don't have the same like activist spirit as me, and just genuinely don't care enough about the things that are listed in here to carry the torch on. I also don't feel like there are a lot of students who want to be attached to me and what I am doing that would carry this petition on. But so far, as of the last time I checked, the petition has 112 signatures, right? Now, the things I'm asking for in this petition have nothing to do with me. I'm asking the school to address the mold crisis within campus housing, um, reflecting the negligence on, like that reflects the negligence on the part of the housing authorities. This consistent issue demands immediate attention and reparations for all affected students. I'm asking for the dismissal of the housing, Resident Housing Association Executive Board. We'll talk about them in a minute. That could be an easy fix. I, but again, my issues and what I want from the school are so far beyond this. The removal of the two, the fraternity and the sorority that were involved in the harassment. The, the end to the NKU Rocks Mentorship Program. Um, also a, a statement from Greg Moore. I'm gonna keep promoting this petition, but at this point, this is for the students on campus. So do I want these things to happen? Yes. Will I let this go or move on if this stuff doesn't happen? Yes. Because at the end of the day, I've given this tool to the students. I've given this platform to the students. It is now up to the people who want to make a difference and who want to stand up for something right to make a difference and to take this and do what they want. The friends I have, the people that I trust that still stay on campus that I can, well, one of them just graduated. The other one, it keeps his head down and has a different type of loyalty to me. He doesn't need to, like, he's not gonna 
he has a different plan for his education that doesn't include this, right? And the other one is on is an athlete. And so she also, and a freshman, so she also has not been around, is new to this, and needs to keep her head down in a certain type of way, and is not going to carry this through. There are students on this campus who have experienced stuff and who have gotten something like this that can make this shit shake. Because the digital organizing that I have done in order to get 112 signatures, which I don't know how many of these are from students, but it's still, this means something. And this NKU can pretend like it doesn't mean something, but this means something. And so it's hard because I don't want to let this go because I want the school to know that like people are watching, but also the things that are in this petition aren't from me. So this isn't to clear my balance. I'm not asking for the school to send me money. I'm not asking for the school to send, like buy things off my Amazon wish list. This petition is about changing the culture on campus, period. And so I guess to summer, like to finish the what do I want, I want students to take this and run with it. But I, I can't force that to happen. Somebody else has got to make that happen for themselves. Okay, so what's next is, in preparation for my meeting tomorrow with Bob, the Dean of Students, I did a little research because the meeting tomorrow is to discuss my code of conduct charge, which is very interesting because again, I'm no longer a student at that university. So I'm really confused about how we're withholding my transcripts for a conduct charge. Um, you have to remember that the school is in Kentucky when I'm writing, what I'm writing down right now. So I wanna talk about the Department of Education. Okay. And what I want to talk about, let me pull up my notes here. Hold on. Let's see, where was that? Oh, yes. Northern Kentucky University transcripts. I'm going to get the mic real close because I want everybody to really understand what I'm saying. All right, so I'm going to read these off my notes directly. So I just want everybody to know. Okay. In 2022, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, that's the CFB, CFPB, found that transcript withholding is an abusive practice. Consumer advocates have called the practice unfair for low-income students. Without their transcripts, students often can't continue their education elsewhere without starting over, and they cannot apply for certain jobs. In October of 2023, the Office of Post-Secondary Education within the Department of Education made several amendments to the regulations laid out in Title IX of the Higher Education Act of 1965, that's H-E-A. These regulations were related to financial responsibility, administrative capability, certification procedures, and ATB. As of October 2023, this new federal rule prohibits colleges from withholding transcripts for courses that were at least partially paid for by federal student loans or other federal aid. As of October 2023, 11 states have completely banned all transcript withholding, including New York, California, Colorado, Maine, Minnesota, Washington, Illinois, Indiana, Connecticut, Oregon, and Kentucky's neighboring state, Ohio. So then that, I think I, I got that from a news article. I'm going to actually source that news article in the comments. But that made me want to go, you know, again, as a law major, that made me want to go and find the amendment to the regulations. So that led me to the 695th page five page document. That laid out the amendments 
And if you would like, you can go read all 695 pages like I did, but I have done the work for you. Um, and so I found that, again, passed in October of 2023, there is a provision uh, in a new amendment in the Higher Education Act that's a, prohib a prohibition on transcript withholding. And that is in regulatory section 668.14b33. And this provision prevents institutions from taking negative action against a student for balances owed due to school error. It also removes a similarly proposed requirements for balance owed due to R2T4 requirements prevents institutions from withholding transcripts for credits funded in whole or in part with Title IX funds. Okay, I also want to just get into the wording because there, there is some a little bit more specific wording that aren't in my notes. So I'm, I'm actually taking this from a screen cap of the <laughs> amendment. So the amendments in further detail says an institution may not withhold transcripts or take any other negative action against a student related to a balance owed by the student that resulted from an error in the institution's administration of Title IX HEA programs or any fraud or misconduct by the institution or its personnel. I just want to read that last part one more time. An institution may not withhold official transcripts or take any other negative action against a student related to a balance owed by that student that resulted in an error in the institution's administration of Title IX HEA programs or any fraud or misconduct by the institution or its personnel. What I love is that that wording is very clear, but what can fit into that definition is very expansive. I think I've already laid out that misconduct has happened, right? I think I've already laid out that a university, that an error, an administrative error has happened that created the balances from past semesters. But I think that what's not clear to NKU and its administration is that while that law is not in effect currently, it was signed in October. On July 1st, 2024, that law will be um, enacted. And so while in the meeting tomorrow with Bob, he may be able to say that they're going to withhold my transcripts until they've received my payment. He can't do that starting July 1st. So what's the point of even having that meeting and telling me that if in the summer, which is essentially the soonest I would be able to even start classes, you're going to have to just give me those transcripts and we are all going to have to go about our busy day. You're not going to be able to withhold them because all of my classes have been paid for by federal aid. The remainder of those, the remainder of it is you're expecting me to pay for it. But it says in whole or in part paid for by federal aid. So that means that I have paid those for those classes partially by student loans I received from the federal government. And so in July, starting in July, you can no longer withhold those transcripts from me based on the law if and Northern Kentucky University still wants to receive federal funds. If they don't want to receive federal funds, then they should go ahead and call the Department of Education and let them know that right now before they break the law tomorrow by withholding transcripts for classes paid with federal funds. So I just find that interesting and I will give you all an update after that. Let's see how far we are in the recording. Oh, it's still got about 30 minutes. Let me take another little bit of a shot. 
So I don't think we're going to get into the rest of the report in time this evening, but I do want to leave you guys off with some, I don't, keywords, I guess, vocab words, so we really understand the accusations I am lobbying. And we can really put them into context. We can kind of shut down some of these narratives or these arguments that don't really make any sense. So again, we're going to start with definitions. Excuse me. And as much as I do love a good artificial intelligence, especially now with search engines, it's probably one of the best things that have ever been created. I just think it's always good sometimes to go with a good old fashioned piece of technology. And for me, that means we're going to go to the OG, the source, the one and only Miriam Webster. Okay. And we're going to give you guys some definition of about three to four words. All right. And so we're going to start. with the word bullying, okay? Now, the word bully <coughs> is a verb. It means to treat someone in a cruel, insulting, threatening, or aggressive fashion, to act like a bully towards someone. The second definition is to cause someone to do something by means of force or coercion. Okay. Um, the uh, uh, noun bully is a blustering, browbeating person, especially one who's, who is habitually cruel, insulting, or threatening to others who are weaker, smaller, or in some way vulnerable. Now, I feel like it's important sometimes when you're looking at definitions to just also look up some of the context words, right? So we're going to start with browbeating, okay? So what does it mean to browbeat someone? To browbeat someone means to intimidate or disconcern by a stern manner or an arrogant speech, okay? So when we look at the definition of a bully, it means a blustering or browbeating person, especially someone who is habitually, that means repeatedly, cruel, insulting, or threatening to others who are weaker, smaller, or in some way vulnerable. So that's the next context word I want to pull from the definition of the word of bully. is the word vulnerable, okay? Again, I'm gonna scroll on down to the OG Merriam-Webster and the word vulnerable means, um, sorry, helpless, lacking protection from danger or resistance against an attack. It means being in a situation where one is likely to be met with harm. Simil similar words. I'm sorry. That was on for some reason the wrong a uh, the thesaurus version. Um, vulnerable is an adjective. It means capable of being physically, physically or emotionally wounded. Okay? Physically or emotionally wounded. So I'm going to go back to the definition of bully because I just think we really need to get this, we need to get this straight. First of all, the word bully, let me, again, because I just feel like we love a good learning aid. The word bully has nothing about uh, ages, 
So it doesn't it doesn't say younger. It says weaker, smaller, or in some ways vulnerable. So age could be a vulnerability, an adult and a child, but definitely not a 30-year-old and an 18-year-old, definitely not a 29-year-old and a 19-year-old, and definitely not a 30-year-old and a 21-year-old. That's that that's not it it doesn't it it, it it doesn't there's not a difference like when they're saying when their age is not in here age can be implied in vulnerability but in very specific contexts and with much larger gaps than the situation that i'm experiencing right but what is um, applicable to this situation is that word vulnerable so we've already defined that the people in my substack again shameless plug if you go to my substack there is a list of accused students we've already established essentially based on the definition of the word bully that these people are bullies right and we can establish based on that definition that they are um, habitually cruel insulting or threatening um the word threatening can be subjective in the situation. By the time I'm done, you will see that that is the case. But cruel and insulting, again, are not subjective if you have a soul. And so their behavior was definitely at bare minimum insulting to somebody who is weaker, smaller, or in some ways more vulnerable. So if I was to define the ways in which I was more vulnerable than the students that I was engaging with, um, Again, vulnerability is capable of being physically or emotionally wounded, okay? Liable to increased penalties, but entitled to, oh, that's a sports reference. I'm not even going to, bonuses after winning a game in a contract bridge. Girl, what? Okay. Emotionally wounded. I have bipolar disorder. I um, don't have the same social circles as you all you all knew that i was a new kid you all knew that i was a non-traditional college student it meant that i was an other i also am black and queer so i am an other right so there are aspects of who i am as a person and how i wear my heart on my sleeve and how open and honest i am about my me and my experiences having hiv having bipolar disorder being depressed that make me a easy target and or vulnerable right and so it's very very problematic for you to be like oh well you're 30 you should have a tough skin oh you're 30 you, you know how could you let kids pick on you no i was vulnerable that is why there is an office of accessibility. That's why I was going there. We've already established. Okay, so we like we've moved that on. This word, this word, these, th this, this is applicable to the situation because of my vulnerability, my newness, and the fact that you all knew enough students and you knew more people than me and knew people didn't know what I, who I was and that you could say whatever you wanted about me to get people to isolate me. That is what's in this, in this definition. That's what this is. The next word we're gonna look up is the word harassment. Again, Merriam-Webster. Harassment comes from the word harass, which is a verb. To harass means to exhaust or fatigue, to annoy persistently, to create an unpleasant or hostile situation, especially by uninvited and unwelcome verbal or physical contact. Okay, now harassment is the act of being harassed. Now, let's, let's talk about this here. To annoy persistently is not serious enough, but to create an unpleasant or hostile situation for especially by uninvited and unwelcome verbal or physical contact. 
So, hostile, of or relating to an enemy, marked by malevolence, malef oh, I'm not about to say that, having or showing unfriendly feelings, openly opposed or resistant, not hospitable, having an, having an intimidating, antagonistic, or offensive nature. So, all right, at the root of this, the start of this, oh no, I think my computer. I think my computer like shut off. So I have, I'm gonna back up a little bit. I don't know what was missed, um, but I think I remember leaving off. Hold please. My screen timed out. So upset. So I had gone to the word hostile next. And the definition of hostile Hold on, girl. Visual aids. No, some of us really need it. Is of or relating to an enemy, having or showing unfriendly feelings, openly opposed to, sorry, excuse me, openly opposed or resisting, not hospitable, or having an intimidating, antagonistic, or offensive nature. So when I say that I am being harassed, right? Meaning my educational environment has now become unpleasant and hostile. Literally the definition on Marianne website says was being harassed by her classmates, claims that the police were unfairly harassing him as definitions, especially by uninvited and unwelcome verbal physical contact. Now, this is just the Marianne Webster version. So I think we can, we can determine that my engagement with the students so far that I've said in this live has been hostile. I think we have determined that I have been bullied. And I think we have determined that harassment is at play. Now, I am running out of time, but I think it also is important to just get a legal definition of the word harassment. And the beauty of going to school in Kentucky is that I have to understand both Ohio and Kentucky law. So I actually pulled this from the Kentucky legislator, legislature. So this is Kentucky state law. This is code 525.07 on harassment. A person is guilty of harassment when with intent to intimidate, harass, annoy, or alarm another person, he or she, strikes, shoves, kicks, or otherwise subjects him to physical contact, attempts to strike, shove, kick, or otherwise subject the person to physical contact in a public place makes an offensive coarse utterance, gesture, or display, or addresses abusive language to any person present, follows a person in or about a public place, and engages in a course of conduct or repeatedly commits acts which alarm or seriously annoy such other person and which serve no legitimate purpose or being enrolled in a student in a local school district and while on school premises, on school sponsored transportation, or on a, at a school sponsored event, damages, commits a theft or property of another student, substantially disrupts the operation of a school or creates a hostile environment by means of any gestures, wind communication, oral statements, or physical acts that a reasonable person under under the circumstances would know cause harm to another student to suffer fear of physical harm, intimidation, humiliation, or embarrassment. Now, I think that the local school district, school, that, that applies to high school students. 
Um, but what I want to focus on in this harassment de definition, which I'm also going to screenshot this, is the in a public place makes an offensive coarse utterance, gesture, or display, or addresses abusive language to any person present. And the shoving part, those are two things that have happened to me. The follows a person um, in or about in a public place or places, that also happened to me. Um, and so what... So that's the Kentucky statute on harassment. Now... Harassment is a class B misdemeanor in Kentucky. A class B misdemeanor in Kentucky can be punishable can result in a fine of up to $250, imprisonment for up to 90 days or both. Public intoxication, menacing, and harassment are all Class B misdemeanors in Kentucky. The last definition I want to leave us with is the act of intimidation. Again, we're going to go to Merriam-Webster and get you the definition. The definition of intimidating or intimidation is causing the loss of courage or self-confidence, producing feelings of fear or timidity, okay? Producing feelings. That is, that's, that's subjective, right? So if I feel intimidated, you can't laugh and say, ha ha ha, that's the, he's being unserious right? If you go back into the very first episode of my podcast, I am talking about my experience at Northern Kentucky University for the very like, last 10 minutes of that podcast. I don't say any names. I actually take accountability for the way in which I engage with students. I gave a stern warning but I didn't say any, any names. I, I kind of left it on the table. It all could have been left alone, right? It didn't need to go there. I don't mention it again in the second episode of my podcast, which is in video. I do mention it again in the third episode of my podcast. But what you can see is a change in my mood, change in my attitude, my energy, a change in my self-confidence and courage. I am chest fallen. I am depressed. I was so crazy to look back. Apple, I don't know what, like I, <laughs> it's so crazy to look back on that last podcast episode, episode 103. And just remember, I was not even going to post that because of how much of a dark space I was in. And I sat on that video for like two weeks because I was just like, girl, you, you cannot post that. I don't know. Like I'm using my phone as a webcam and I don't understand like why, I, like I'm not like now it doesn't want to do it. Okay. Apple, this has got to be, there's got to be a fix to this. Anyways. So yeah, you can tell that there is something causing a loss of courage or self-confidence. And again, I briefly discuss it but when I filmed that podcast episode, I was not talking about it online. I was like realizing that I was failing all my classes. There was nothing I was going to be able to do to fix it. And kind of starting to realize that maybe all of this wasn't my fault. The proof is in those videos at least. And so thank whoever that I had enough sense and know-how and like emotional maturity to realize how much of a dark place I was and like force correct. But imagine if those were the last three videos I ever made on, in life. And then all of this stuff came out post-humus. 
mostly for me. I don't even know if I'm saying that way. Like all these details that I'm about to get into, including the way in which three gay male staff members have engaged with me in an inappropriate manner while I was a student at this university, if all of that came out, and those were the last three videos that I put up. Because I promise you that's how dark of a place I was in when I posted that episode and when I filmed it. Because I, I was a vulnerable person with serious mental health conditions, serious health conditions, experiencing things that for my world at the time were way beyond anything else I had ever experienced in the last three years or honestly in my 30 years of life. And the people who were in charge to make this stop or to do the right thing, again, because I'm only engaging with all of these people in the, in the context of my education. I was not texting Audra Ward back and forth and like trying to hang out and be his friends, the context of my education. I was not texting Muhammad and asking him to like party on the weekends, context of school and education. I was not trying to hang out with Aldana. Like we're going to get in and out to all that next episode. But this is all in the context of an education. And there's some stuff that has happened to me that is not debatable. Now, yeah, I think that this is a perfect place to stop. So I am going to come back tomorrow. Today, this is, episode is being filmed on Wednesday, January 17th. It's like 1130. I'm going to end this video here, edit this podcast, post this podcast episode, or at least start the upload process because Lord knows it takes forever. I'm going to have a meeting with the school tomorrow at 9 a.m. and tell them the information that I have just told you all right now about the new law that is passed. And then I'm going to come and film, hopefully, the last video explaining to you the situation at Northern Kentucky University. And then I am going to start to uh, go back to the original plan of this podcast, which was to talk about me and promote my book. So with that being said, um, thank you guys so much for listening to Angry Black Gay, the podcast. Please make sure that if you are listening on YouTube, you like this video, hit the subscribe button, and turn your notification bells or notifications on so you can be notified whenever I post because I do not have a schedule. I decided to give that up a long time ago. And you do not want to miss something and be the last to know. If you are listening on Spotify, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and give me a five-star rating. Um, please make sure you subscribe to my Substack. I like sneak things up there all the time. If you want it, this the next episode early before everybody else gets it, you can subscribe to my Patreon channel. It is only $12. If you subscribe to my Patreon channel, you will also be able to get my digital planner for free. I also just realized, which is a good thing that I'm reminding y'all now, um, there is a giveaway that if you are subscribed to this YouTube channel, you are subscribed to me on Substack, and you comment book club on this video, and you comment, um, sorry, and you were either joined on the Facebook group or the bookclub.com book club, you will be entered in a giveaway to win a copy of the first book we are reading. Also, every winner of the giveaway will also receive a copy of my digital planner. I'm also going to do a digital planner giveaway. I haven't figured that out. So you will get a copy of, you will get this brand new copy of the book. Um, there is a disco ball between us by Shafari S. Allen and a copy of my digital planner. It, oh, go follow me on all social media. Um, I'm going to put them right here. And if you guys are looking for a way to support me, you can support the GoFundMe Help Me Raves money to pay for the remaining of my tuition balance. You could go pre-order my book. It's $9.99 on Amazon. Um, actually will not be charged until the day that the book is released, February 3rd, 2024. Paperback copies will also be available to order on the release date. Um, I have an Amazon wish list. All of that stuff will be in my link tree. Again, like, comment, subscribe, and share this video with somebody who you feel like needs to know about what has happened to me at Northern Kentucky University. Are we finally being invaded? I, I gotta go, guys. Bye.